0: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at BYTE.com. That's B Y T E.com. Start your confidence journey today with BYTE.
1: What's up, guys? This episode of the Bears Talk Underground is brought to you by our friends at Bet Online. Guys, we are at the halfway mark of the NFL season. And yet, still at the starting point for the Pac-12, who starts this Saturday, you've got Big Ten, ACC, SCC all the college football that you could want. Because I think the Pac-12 were the last holdouts of getting there. You know what? Together to play some football this year. You got plenty of other things going on in the sports world, and uh, you may not be able to get to a game this year, but uh, Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season from game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props bet online gives you more options to wager than any place online head on over to bet online today and use promo code armchair to take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses bet online your online sports book experts my guest this week tyler roland from locked on titans and uh i must confess um I do use our good friend Lauren Cox quite a bit to get guests for this show. When I can't find one myself, he's a great resource. Uh, those guys all have to be on each other's shows, so you get in contact, and he's an—it's an easy in for me. That's why you see so many locked-on guests. On the show, sometimes they're my first choice. Sometimes, it's like, hey, Lauren, I'm having trouble finding a Titans guest. Do you think you get me in touch with the Locked On Eagles guy? And um, that's what I did uh, this time. Actually, I, I reached out to the Locked On Titans guy myself, and um, was able to hook up with Tyler Rowland. And uh, uh, you know. And it's one of my favorite conversations that I've had this season. Even you know, it's been a really great run of guests uh, for me. Uh, you know, Ross Jackson last week, uh, Tyler Rowland uh, this week. You know, it's been a really great string of guests I've had this year, which makes me feel really good about coming back and doing the show. Because as I've expressed to you guys during the uh, during the preseason, during the off season, and when I first came back. The reason that I was gone for so long was the the whole blah of just everyday life with COVID and, you know, basically just living inside my own four walls because I'm working from home now. And so I don't really get out to get a chance to go out and venture around uh, very much. Um, Talking to people like Tyler, talking to people like Ross and Lauren and, you know, Evan Western and and Jeremy Reisman and things like that. I'm glad that I have this and I'm glad that I have you. So thank you uh, for listening to the show Uh, This was a really fun conversation that I had uh, with Tyler, uh, talking a lot of Bears-Titans, and for the second week in a row, I go into this conversation with a lot of concerns, a lot of worries about what the Titans might be able to do, and I walk away feeling better about our chances after uh, Tyler was able to share how the 1-5-1 Bengals were able to take the 5-1 Bengals titans to the woodshed last weekend and it's actually something the bears are entirely capable of pulling off and in some ways it will be necessary for them to do what the Bengals were able to do on offense the bears will need to do that uh as well and i'll let uh, tyler tell you what that is so let's go ahead and get this thing started it's the week nine preview with myself and tyler Rowland previewing bears titans for week number nine so let's get to it Week number nine has our beloved Chicago bears kicking off the second half of the season with a trip down South to the music city in Nashville to take on the Tennessee Titans who are on a two game losing streak of their own, uh, as well as the, uh, bears, So somebody has got to win this thing. Uh, and here to help us preview this matchup between the bears and the Titans, my new friend, Tyler Rowland from locked on Titans, Tyler, welcome to the show, man.
0: Thank you so much for having me. It is a, uh, Pleasure to come on Bears Talk Underground and get ready for uh, a pretty spicy Week Nine matchup.
1: You know it really is. And um, last week I, t- I spoke to Ross Jackson from Locked On Saints, uh, and going into that conversation, I was virtually terrified of what we had sitting in front of us with the Saints and Drew Brees and Alvin Kamara and blah blah blah. And after talking to Ross. Uh, someone who watches the Saints religiously as I do, the Bears, and as you do with the the Titans. And he told me where the little flaws are, where the Bears could take advantage of this. And I felt better about our chances going into the game. So, Tyler, I'm going to ask you that favor uh, to help me feel better about this because our Bears – are terrible at defending the run. And you have Derrick Henry, who's averaging about 19 yards of carry this season. So I'm going to need you to help me out in, in, in feeling better about this matchup. Cause right now, all I see is impending disaster for the bears heading down to Nashville.
0: Well, then, uh, for you and your faithful listeners, this is going to be an ASMR session oh, for here we go. football. Um, Let me explain all of these reasons why I think the Bears have a great opportunity. One, and and I'm going to do it from the perspective of what the Bears are weak at, their weaknesses. So right now, their offensive line, a weakness, uh, a weakness already, but probably going to be even more banged up this weekend than they have been so far this season. Yep. Um So you think about that, and you're like, oh, no, the pass rush. How are we going to— Okay, well, the Titans just went up against what I would call an even worse offensive line or as equally as beat up of an offensive line Mm -hmm. as the Bears have last week in Cincinnati, and the Titans registered zero sacks Mm -hmm. on Joe Burrow. Okay, So that has to give— the Bears a little bit of hope. And then on the defensive side of the ball, you mentioned that weak run defense. Well, the Bears are giving up 120 yards per game on the ground, I believe, at this moment in time. Yes, 17th in the league. Well, the Titans rushed for over 200 yards last week against the Bengals and lost by double digits. So from the Bears perspective, yes, the offensive line may be in shambles, but the Titans have shown they don't have the ability to take advantage of that. Okay. And then also from the other side, the Bears defense gives up some yards on the ground game. Well, the Titans can absolutely destroy you in the run game and still lose by double digits. So from that perspective, the Bears have to be feeling still a little bit optimistic.
1: Well, I think you're I think you're right and I feel better uh, already. Um Yeah. Uh, and before we get too far into this, uh, you know, we were talking for a while before we actually started uh, recording uh, the questions I like to ask my new guests. Um, the the first one, where are you from? The second one, where are you now? And then the third one being your favorite moment uh, as a Titans fan.
0: OK, so um, I would say uh, this is is pretty quick and it's part of the conversation that we talked about uh, yeah. before we got on here. So I'll kind of give a quick uh, a quick rundown of my thoughts. So I am from Dayton, Ohio. Okay. I live in Dayton, Ohio okay. still. Um, I have been a Tennessee Titans fan for 23 years now, okay. though, um, or 22 years, I guess is what it would ultimately be. Um, but I think, and this is what we were talking about before, the way that that coverage of teams happens now so before it was all legacy media traditional media you worked for the local newspaper you worked for the local tv station you were in the building every day well there's two reasons why the industry is kind of changing one because the information that used to be sacred to those legacy media folks that information is no there are some things that are too good to keep a secret like how your amex platinum card helps you have the perfect trip I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select Campus events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
1: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
0: no longer sacred. It's all over the Internet. So a guy who works for the Tennessean and is in the building every day doesn't have any more public information than I would have. Right. as a person who covers the team digitally from a different state. And some of the best people who cover the Tennessee Titans are digital content creators who don't live anywhere near Tennessee. One of my um, favorite guys who covers the Titans along with myself is Justin Graver, Titan Film Room, and he lives out in California. Uh, another guy, uh, Justin, on uh, I don't know Justin's last name, but it's Justin M. NFL. He lives in Canada. And they do a great job digitally covering the Titans. So the industry has changed because the information that's available to a digital content creator like myself is the same as what the legacy traditional media guys have. Yeah. And then also, if all of that information is available to everyone, and I say me and the legacy media guys, that information is is available to uh, any regular fan as well because of the internet. So with the easy the easy access to information, sports fans, probably like your listeners, what they're looking for is someone who they enjoy their opinion, they enjoy their analysis of the information. People aren't searching out people who have the newest freshest information anymore because everyone has access to it at the same exact time. So right. it's more about people who have uh, correct analysis, have good insights, who cover the team with passion and intelligence. People are looking for that nowadays more than just having information as quickly as possible. So I'm sure that's what makes you uh, successful with, with your listener group. It's what's helped me be successful with mine. And then you add in the fact that COVID 19 has ripped the ability for traditional media to actually be in the building. And that creates even less of a separation before traditional media and digital media. So that's why I can, you know, live in Dayton, Ohio, be from Dayton, Ohio, but still cover the Tennessee Titans with the same amount of intelligence and correct analysis because the information is just readily available and it's more about the work that you put in to cover the team and learn about the team, the work you put in in the film room, and then having concise, intelligent, informed opinions. So that's the answer, the the long and short answer to the first two questions. The third question is much more difficult and we also talked before the show about ranking. Ranking certain things in tears right. and for me my experience of the tennessee titans is so much different now in the last five years with covering the team than it has been when i was a child and learning to love the team but i think i would be remiss to not say that it's the music city miracle sure. that is the the moment that that made me uh really buy in to the titans and say hey i'm gonna follow this team the rest of my life and i'm gonna root for them every single sunday i was a young child uh, from Ohio, loved Eddie George, loved the Buckeyes, followed okay. him to Tennessee, loved the jerseys. And then once the Music City miracle happened, I had just never seen a play like that in football that was so exciting, so awesome. I already had some love for him with Eddie and the jerseys, so um, I would say that. But if I had to give one in the last five years, I would have to say that it was the Kalief Raymond touchdown against the Baltimore Ravens last year mm. because— It was a moment where I realized that the Titans were actually going to beat the Ravens. Uh, I personally, to kind of toot my own horn here, you know, whatever, pat myself on the back, earlier in the season, months before the Titans played the Ravens, I think it was about a month and a half before, I said on Twitter, at Tic Tac Titans, the Tennessee Titans roster, scheme, and team, is set up perfectly to be the team to beat the Baltimore Ravens. And now that maybe doesn't seem like too much because the Ravens are having their own troubles. But at the time, you know, the Ravens were 14 and 2. They yeah. won almost every game at the end of the season. So from well, my they perspective, were, uh, they were that a was lock really for the Super Bowl. I, I mean, yeah, exactly. And the Titans were one of the least respected teams in the playoffs last year. Yeah. Tannehill didn't get that respect. You know, everyone said Derrick Henry was carrying the team and Tannehill just made some lights out plays in that game. And that throw to Khalif Raymond, it was a 48 yard touchdown. Once that happened and the Titans went up by double digits, it was like, whoa, everything about this team that we believed throughout the season is actually true. It's not a fluke and they're going to pull the biggest upset of the NFL season. So uh, in the last five years, the John Robinson era of the Titans team, I would say that's definitely my favorite memory, but I can't put that above the Music City Miracle.
1: Well, I have a a deep abiding love for the Titans, but I had the pre-Titans, as in the Houston Oilers. Yeah, yeah. Um, Because my favorite player after Walter Payton retired was Warren Moon. Uh, Mm, I I fell in love with Warren Moon, the run and shoot offense, the way that Warren Moon threw a football, like watching NFL films growing up when they would just do that majestic slow motion shot of Warren Moon throwing a tight spiral. Nobody threw a prettier ball in NFL history than Warren Moon uh did and you know just those uniforms were so awesome you know the the powder blue and the the you know the the oil derrick on the helmets and stuff like that i just i love the houston uh oilers uh and everything and uh you know that tennessee oiler thing i wasn't sure about that can i give you a controversial take on that sure
0: uh so a lot of Titans fans get upset when they see like jersey mock-ups of Houston Texans players wearing the old Houston jerseys. Yeah. Some Titans fans will say, no, we are the Houston franchise that came to Tennessee. That's our history. Sure. Uh, in my opinion, I don't subscribe to that that theory. Once the Houston Texans got once Houston got the Texans and got their own team back, in my opinion, the city of Houston deserves the city of Houston's history Nashville Tennessee and Tennessee as a state does not deserve any claim to the Houston Oilers franchise just because they if anything they deserve it less because they decided to leave to me that would be like the Indianapolis or that would be like you know the Baltimore Baltimore, Ravens trying to claim the Indianapolis Colts championships from after they moved away from Baltimore or something like that like it just I don't the Houston Texans should have those Houston throwback jerseys. The Houston Texans should celebrate the success of the Houston football franchise that used to be there. The Tennessee Titans wanted to move so that they could start something new. So don't move away from the city and then try to claim its history again. I disagree with a lot of Titans fans on this, but to me, the Tennessee Titans are the Tennessee Titans, the Houston Oilers. All that franchise history should be associated with The Houston Texans, I think city and proximity is much more important than where the business used to be located.
1: And I think Houston residents would agree with you.
0: Yes. And this is not a popular take amongst Titans fans, but I don't care. One thing about me is I'm going to keep it 100 percent honest all the time. I'm not going to look at everything through two tone colored glasses. You can say I'm not a fan or whatever, but I'm trying to analyze the team and give proper analysis and I cannot for the life of me get upset or have any emotion whatsoever when I see Houston Oilers gear on Houston Texans players or them trying to get the NFL to let them use those jerseys. In my opinion, that history is Houston's, regardless of the name, the nickname of the team, not Nashville doesn't get to claim Houston history. So that's yeah, how I would, feel. You know, it's polarizing.
1: Yeah, it would be like the the Ravens and the the Browns. Yes, you know, there, the, there's
0: what I was looking for. That's yeah, the, more the Browns
1: yeah. moved to Baltimore, but they yes. left the history and the colors and everything in Cleveland because it belonged to Cleveland and the Ravens. Yeah, the
0: NFL championships that Otto Graham won in Cleveland, the Ravens aren't claiming those anymore. Right. You know yeah. what I mean? So that it's, exactly. it's the same exact situation to me. Good, good example to bring that up better than the one I gave.
1: Yeah. So I mean, but it's, but that's exactly what it is. And the the history mm-hmm. stayed with Cleveland. The championships, the colors, the whole nine, the history, and everything. Yeah stay with them, and the Ravens essentially became an expansion team with the Cleveland Browns players. Yes. So, you know, exactly. starting and that's fresh. That's how I feel and, about the Titans, too. Yeah, so. so it's like they're they're a 25-year-old franchise because they mm-hmm. started back in 95, not a 70-year-old franchise that started back in the late 50s or something like right. that. So Right. Um, but but speaking about keeping it 100, uh, let's get back to our, our game and our, and our matchup. Um Tell me exactly what it is that the 1-5-1 and Bengals were able to do to, you know, to, to win this game against the Titans because I used to run a picks pool with a bunch of friends of mine, and we did a confidence pool, and if I had to put a confidence level on the Titans and Bengals, I would have put the highest grade that I could on that game, especially with the Titans coming off a, loss, a tight loss to the Steelers the week before. To go into Cincinnati, I just thought they would feast on the Bengals, and yet it was the other way around.
0: Yeah, yeah, 100%. And in my opinion, you know, we're talking about football. So it's a team game. There are a ton of factors every week. You can't just blame one thing. But – you know, t- to give you the best answer possible, I'm going to point out two different things one on offense, one on defense for the Titans. For the Titans' defense, what it came down to against Cincinnati is Cincinnati was able to execute quick rhythm passing to the outsides. The Titans had Jonathan Joseph, a 36 year old cornerback, starting at the time. They had a seventh round rookie and Chris Jackson, who is the 115th ranked. Out of 115 cornerbacks on Pro Football Focus, he's ranked last. In the NFL, in coverage grade, and overall grade for the cornerback position, and the film matches up. So the Titans had two non-NFL-level cornerbacks playing in the slot and then on one outside. And the Bengals said, we don't care if our offensive line is bad because you're not going to be able to get to us anyway. We're going to toss it out quickly. Jonathan Joseph can't guard Alden Tate. Jonathan Joseph can't guard T. Higgins. Tyler Boyd is going to roast the ro- seventh-round rookie and Chris Jackson. What do we have to worry about a pass rush for when our guy is going to beat you immediately, and I'm just going to toss the ball to him for four, five, six, and sometimes you're tackled immediately for four, five, six. Sometimes you break one tackle and you get a couple yards, you get a first down. So the Titans' inability to play tight coverage – against the Bengals allowed them to use the the quick rhythm short passing game as an extension of the run game. And if you look at the Bengals, the Bengals were able to run for over 100 yards. They were very successful in the quick short outside passing game against the Titans disadvantage uh, disadvantageous matchups at the cornerback position. And it just allowed their offense to function, stay ahead of the sticks, never get too far behind, not face a lot of third and longs. They were taking layups. The Titans defense was giving them layups and they were taking layups and it allowed them to, to gain rhythm on offense, gain confidence as a team and ultimately put up 31 points on the defensive side of the ball for the Titans. The, the or on the offensive side of the ball for the Titans, the biggest problem is the Titans don't have a lot of guys who can beat tight man coverage. So if you line up in tight press coverage on third and long situations, the Titans don't necessarily have the talent to beat you there. The Titans' offense wants to stay on schedule. They want to run the ball. They want to get third and short opportunities. And when you're in third and four, third and three. Third and two, you can still use those play action fakes that the Titans utilize so well. If you get into third and long, third and eight, third and nine, third and 10, third and longer, well, that play action fake isn't going to influence the defense as much. As it would if it was third and short or third and medium sure. so it kind of removes what the titans do so well and wh- what their players do so well if you can get them in third and long situations the titans just don't have the skill set at wide receiver or at tight end to consistently win and get separation against tight solid man coverage and the Bengals, like the steelers crowded the line of scrimmage crowded the box because they weren't afraid of the titans beating them deep And it's allowing teams to play downhill, play more aggressive, attack the line of scrimmage, shoot gaps, penetrate, which disrupts the run game. So the biggest problem for the Titans is not being able to have enough success against tight man coverage in third and long situations. And then, like I said, on the defensive side of the ball, the Titans almost have the opposite problem. They don't have the ability to guard people to prevent those quick, easy passes to the outside that can work as an extension of the run game.
1: Well, again, that makes me feel good about what the Bears can Uh do. And and just out of necessity, the short, quick passing game is going to be a must uh, for our offense uh, on Sunday if we want to survive. And, you know, playing tight coverage is something we've got two of the better corners uh, in the league. we got an all-pro in Kyle Fuller and a – absolute rookie sensation in Jalen Johnson uh, mm, on the great. other side. And even Buster Screen is a damn good nickel corner uh, mm. as well. So, I mean, we've got secondary. and we, You know, we also have Eddie Jackson, one of the best safeties in football uh, as well. So, you know, coverage really shouldn't be a problem uh, for the Bears, especially if that's something that the Titans um, struggle with. But, you know, like I said, my, my concern is more with the with the running game and what Derrick Henry is capable of, especially since uh, since I saw him shot put Josh Norman 30 yards into the end zone <laughs> in that, that Tuesday yeah. night game a few weeks ago. Into
0: the astral realm.
1: Yeah. I mean, that was a <laughs> – my God, that was crazy when he did that. Yeah. I was watching the game, and, you know, he just absolutely launched him, you know, uh, in, 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 in about five, ten yards down the field, it, like the – the freeze frame pictures of that moment were priceless. Yeah, uh, yeah. When the, they, the memes when were great out. too. It, oh, was, yeah. it was very enjoyable. Yeah. Then there's so many possibilities for a for a for a photo like that to you know you can relate it to just about anything, mm-hmm. um, you know. Uh, but it just uh, you know it does concern me. Uh, teams that had trouble running the football found an easier way to run uh, against the Bears. I put it a lot on the fact that our our uh, you know. Pro Bowl-level uh, nose tackle Eddie Goldman opted out uh, this year, yeah. so we've got a big hole in the middle of the field. And Bilal Nichols, who's been filling in admirably uh, as our nose tackle this year, is more of a pass rusher than he is a run-stopper, and we're seeing that week in and week out. Um, you know, it, it's the, the Bears have a, a penchant for turning, you know, third and – or second and nine or something into third and two because we gave up seven yards right up the guts um, – you know, on a running play to, you know, whatever kind of running back you got back there. Uh, If you can find, you know, like Gale Sayers used to say back in the day, you can find that 18 inches of daylight, you can find your way into the second and possibly third level of the Bears' defense and put some yards on the field.
0: Yeah, I mean, that that has to be the plan for the Titans. I mean, obviously – The general consensus is everything is built around the run game, and that is true. But as I mentioned earlier, um, the Titans were able to rush for 200 yards. And still weren't able to score more than twenty points. So while I'm sure they their goal here is to have success in the run game, the reality is they have to be consistent enough in the run game and in that success that it gives them third and short opportunities where this talented Bears pass rush can't just tee off on Ryan Tannehill. And and one thing I don't know if Bears fans, you know, obviously they're probably not following the Titans as closely as they're following the Bears, but the Titans did lose their starting left tackle tackle taylor Lewan earlier in the season to an acl injury and do have a backup tackle in and ty Sambrillo, and he's been suitable uh, he's been perfectly fine he's not great but he's been okay um the bears pass rush though whenever the titans tackles go up against a truly dynamic group of pass rushers like tj watt and bud dupree or even yannick and in minnesota they have a tendency to struggle. So if they go up against better than league average guys on the edges, it can give them problems, not only in, in the pass rush, but also in, in the run game. So to me, the Titans can have success in, on the ground, but it has to be consistent success so that they can sustain drives.
1: And we have two of those guys in Robert Quinn and uh, Khalil Mack. Yeah. That
0: guy, Khalil Mack. I've heard of him. I think,
1: I think you might have. Yeah. Yeah, He's, he's he's okay. He's all right. I think we might hang on to him. So um, but let, let's talk about the, the defense uh, for a second because I'm looking at your your schedule this year. And aside from 14 points against the Broncos and 16 in that massacre against the Bills uh, a couple of weeks ago, the defense gives up a lot of points, 30 to Tennessee, 30 to Minnesota, 36 to Houston, 27 and 31 in losses to um, Pittsburgh and um, Cincinnati. Uh, last week I mean is is This a defense that is susceptible To big plays is that where all the points are Coming from but what exactly is is Causing the defense to, to have to Basically get in shootouts and outscore Their opponents rather than beating their opponents
0: Quite frankly it is The opposite of that The Titans do not give up explosives They hmm. don't uh, 20 yard passes 15 yard runs uh, They simply don't do that Very often what's happening is The Titans are Dying by a death of a thousand paper cuts Sure uh, As sure. I mentioned uh, the Bengals plan This was the Steelers plan as well If you watch the film of both of those uh, Also the next gen stats Where you can see the plot out of where the quarterback Threw the ball It's almost like a shot chart in basketball But for a quarterback Yeah, yeah. If you go look at that for the past two weeks For the Titans opponents It is very obvious that they are attacking One side of the ball And that's where Jonathan Joseph was lined up So they were just throwing short passes to the outside requiring Jonathan Joseph to cover, requiring Jonathan Joseph to tackle, and at 36 years old, the guy's had a great career, but he's just not an NFL player anymore. He's more of a coach, and the Titans didn't expect him to have to play a big role. They wanted to bring him in as sort of a pseudo coach to help with the limited offseason, but he got forced into duty due to injuries in the secondary, and teams were just picking on him nonstop. Another thing to consider here is that the Titans are not doing well on third down. They're historically bad on third down right now, over 60 percent, allowing third down conversions to their opponents. So they've been miserable on not only third and shorts, but third and longs. And, And the biggest problem is because, you know, teams just get rhythm on offense because the Titans are giving teams layups. And the real issue with that is. Um, it's it. There's multiple reasons here. Like I mentioned, Jonathan Joseph isn't an NFL cornerback anymore. Uh, Chris Jackson isn't an NFL. He isn't ready to be a starting NFL cornerback as a seventh-round rookie. So the Titans are playing two guys out there talent-wise that can't get the job done. But it's also the general manager's fault for those two guys being the only options that they had for half of a season. But it's also coaching's fault because the Titans are doing some confusing things schematically. They are running twists and stunts up front with their defensive line. While playing backed off man coverage. Well, oh the twist and the stunt isn't going to have the opportunity to get home and have time to do that if you're playing eight to 10 yards off of a wide receiver. Yeah. So the way that they're marrying their coverages and their rushing oppor- and their rush concepts doesn't make a lot of sense either. So they're struggling from a talent standpoint. They're struggling from a roster standpoint, and they're also struggling from a schematic standpoint. And then finally, the last part of it is guys just aren't making plays. Titans head coach Mike Vrabel has a very uh, common line that he uses. He says, it's the Jimmys and the Joes, not the X's and the O's, which translates to at the end of the day, you have to beat the man in front of you. That's what football comes down to. Can you beat the man in front of you against his will? That's and the Bill Titans Belichick
1: simply, talking right there.
0: Well, Mike Vrabel coming from
1: absolutely yeah
0: bill belichick he preaches those same sort of no nonsense no excuses accountability so while the titans have been bad in in their scheme and their play calling in my opinion with the way that they marry coverage with their pass rush concepts and while i also think the roster wasn't set up for success at the cornerback position and while i also think that the titans were just at a talent disadvantage with the players on the field the other part of it is guys are just not making plays if you look at the Bengals tape um T. Higgins had a crazy catch on a third down on the sideline on Jonathan Joseph early in the game.
1: Outstanding play, yeah. Tyler
0: Boyd had an insane 360 catch on a third down that turned right into the Bengals' uh, second-to-last touchdown. So uh, those guys just made plays against – The Titans defender, I mean, they just made a play and the Titans defender didn't. So there's multiple reasons this is that the defense is struggling, but that's kind of how I would divvy out the blame. Now, one thing to take notice of for the Bears is you may not have that advantage this week. Earlier this week, the Titans did trade a sixth round pick for slot cornerback. Desmond King from the Los Angeles Chargers a former 2018 all-pro slot defender and also Titans number one cornerback Adoree Jackson who has missed the first half of the year should be returning off of IR on Saturday that will totally fundamentally change the way the Titans play defense although neither of those players are Jalen Ramsey Stephon Gilmore the best in the league and they're just going to lock down a side it just opens up the potential that the Titans have to do more disguise on defense which is what they try to be the Titans defense Defense is a disguised defense. They're not just going to line up and say, well, we're running, man. Well, we're running this. We're rushing our four down linemen. Beat us. That's an execution defense. That's what the Titans do on offense. You know what they're going to do on offense. You just got to beat it. On defense, the Titans don't try to out-execute you. They try to confuse you and disguise what they're doing and give their guys opportunities to make plays because the offense doesn't necessarily know exactly what they're seeing. The Titans don't have as much ability to do that when they have such limited personnel in the secondary, the Titans secondary is the key to their disguised defense. It was last year. It was the year before, and it is this year. But the problem is the secondary isn't very good. So it's not allowing the Titans to do what they want to do schematically. And in, in return, we're seeing them struggle and historically struggle on third down. But help could be on the way in the form of Desmond King and a Dory Jackson. So while I have given the Bears fans a ton of hope and optimism in this episode, <laughs> if things go according to plan for the Titans, their secondary could go from the worst in the league to one of the top half in the league overnight. So if that does take place, Desmond King able to clear protocols and play, Adoree Jackson activated from IR, it could be a, a big boost to the Titans' defense and, and hopefully get them to league average.
1: Yeah, I was going to ask if, if King was going to be able to clear COVID protocols before he the game. He could be on Sunday. It, it, it
0: depends obviously on, on on his ability, how quickly the tests come back. But based on the NFL's outlined protocols and the mm. timeline of that, he should be able to practice on Saturday and if he looks good, he's healthy, passes a physical, should be able to play on Sunday.
1: Okay. Well, thanks for dashing our hopes on that one.
0: <laughs> yeah, you won't get the worst slot or the worst cornerback in the NFL <laughs> per pro football focus this week, hopefully. Right.
1: Hey guys, taking a quick break from the show to thank our sponsors once again, starting with Bet Online. You know, baseball season, NHL, NBA, all in the books, but we still got plenty for you to get in on with uh, Bet Online. You got football, college, and pro. You got the UFC. Tons to get after with, and and uh, Bet Online is going the extra mile right now to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season, from game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props. Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. Head to Bet Online today and use promo code Armchair to take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. The show is also brought to you by Manscaped. Listen up, fellas, because today we have a new Manscaped product alert. Manscaped just released the Weed Whacker nose and ear hair trimmer. Take a look in the mirror, and I guarantee you'll see hair sticking out of those holes. It's time to keep your ear and nose hair looking as nice as your clean-shaven pubes. Manscaped is forever changing the grooming game with their Weed Whacker. This nose and ear hair trimmer provides proprietary skin-safe technology, which helps prevent nicks, snags, snags and tugs on those delicate holes. The premium Manscaped Weed Whacker uses a 9,000 RPM motor-powered 360-degree rotary dual-blade system. I said all that in one breath. How about that? Its intelligently contoured design enhances the trimming experience, and it is waterproof, which makes for easy operation and cleaning. The only nose hair trimmer on the market with a powerful and rechargeable lithium-ion battery that lasts for up to 90 minutes of use. Have you ever pulled your nose hair out with your fingers? It might hurt worse than nicking your balls. Manscaped is making wh- whacking your weeds a time to look forward to, delivering a maximum confidence experience uh, while providing hygiene. Yes, yes. You will get a replaceable blade every three months to keep your weed whacking time clean and enjoyable. Look, fellas, 79% of partners polled admitted that long nose hair is a major turnoff, and it's time to upgrade your Manscaped routine with the Weed Whacker. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code armchair at manscaped.com. Thank you, Manscaped, for keeping our pubes trimmed and our hairs in our holes looking nice. Once again... 20% Twenty percent off and free shipping with with the code armchair at manscaped.com. That's twenty percent off and free shipping. Use the code armchair. What are you waiting for? Go whack your weeds and let's get back to the show. <laughs> well, then, but the the other question that I wanted to ask, as far as you you know, you you, you mentioned before that um, you know schematically things aren't working or they're, they're running twists when they're playing eight to ten yards off the ball. Um, I, I swear that I heard Mike Vabrell, your head coach, was also your defensive uh, play caller. Mm-hmm. Uh, we here in Chicago are having an issue with our offensive coordinator <laughs> slash right. head coach uh, with his play calling. And it's not all his fault because a lot, some of it does fall on the team to actually execute uh, these play calls. But like you mentioned with Vrabel, a lot of the times Nagy isn't necessarily putting our team in the best position to succeed. And it sounds like you were saying basically the same thing about Vrabel running twists and in, in stunts like that, playing eight yards off the ball and, you know, basically opening a window for the offense to succeed against those uh, schemes.
0: Yeah. I'm, and, and like I mentioned, there's a ton of blame to go around, but that is a big part of it is in my opinion, what the Titans are doing up front with the defensive line, in terms of those those twists, those stunts, those games, as they call them, the little inside football, all the coaches seem to call them games on the defensive line. Yeah. Um, those things only work if you have time for that to work. Like, just think about it. If your your two interior defensive linemen are slanting to the right and then you want to take your right defensive end and loop him back into the middle. That's going to take time to get there as opposed to Khalil Mack one-on-one on on an offensive tackle, dipping and ripping the inside shoulder and getting to the quarterback. Those stunts and those twists take time to develop, and you're only going to have time to do that if the coverage gives you time and makes the quarterback wait just enough and hesitate just enough to do that. If you take the snap and within you know a second and a half you can just toss it out to the outside there's no way that that twist or that stunt is going to get there so it's confusing to me why the titans are choosing to back off their cornerback so far off the line of scrimmage and then marry that coverage technique with a twist or a stunt up front that takes time to to come together so it, it, we see that a lot it's confusing the problem that they're having is the twists and the stunts go well with the skill set of the titans defensive line mm-hmm. but the twists and the stunts don't and, and press man coverage to take away that timing doesn't fit with the skill set of the corners that they had the first eight weeks. So it was just causing a problem. The Titans are trying to be who they are, but at the same time cover themselves so that they don't, give up big plays because of their deficiencies in the cornerback room. And you just can't play defense like that uh, with one foot in the door and one foot out the door. So to me, that, that that's a big issue. And in terms of Mike Vrabel as the, Mike Vrabel, isn't technically the play caller on defense. That's our outside linebacker coach, Shane Bowen, but okay. I'm not going to say that your analysis there is off is off because the reality is Mike Vrabel did not replace his defense defensive coordinator from 2019 Dean Pease. Uh, He was a big, big part of that defensive coaching staff, a legend in the game as a defensive coordinator, uh, a guy who's been through everything, seen everything, and would always be like that. You know, it's like when you have an uncle or an older brother or even your father, your grandfather, just an older, wiser man who you can kind of bounce things off. It's not that you're going to do exactly what he says or everything that he says, but just that experience and that wisdom gives you another perspective that you can't possibly get. The Titans are missing that this year, and... Mike Vrabel didn't replace a defensive coordinator in official title. He gave the play calling duties to Shane, Shane Bowen. But one of the reasons for that is is because Mike Vrabel is just as involved in the defensive play calls as Shane Bowen is. Mike Vrabel's in communication with him on, on the headset saying, hey, you know, we get him in a third and eight here. We need to run this. So it's not like Mike Vrabel is not calling plays. He's definitely phoning in plays to Shane Bowen uh, when he wants to run something that he wants to run, and he's admitted that. In press conferences, heck, he's admitted that about the offense. He'll tell Arthur Smith he wants to see a certain play happen if that's what he wants, because he's the head coach. He's more of he's much more of a leader of men and a manager of the of the franchise than he is like a, a stud defensive play caller like a Matt Nagy was expected to be on offense. But I definitely do understand where you guys are coming from. It's something that was a, a big topic of debate. But Mike Vrabel did say in his post game conference, which I. I guess it makes sense why we saw some major cuts from the Titans this week, which we can talk about as well. But um, Mike Vrabel said that he does not believe that the problems they're having on defense is related to the play calling or a defensive coordinator not being hired, which if you translate that, it's not the coach's fault is what I get from that comment. So to me, uh, Mike Vrabel is – he has put this team in this position by not hiring a true defensive coordinator with more play-calling experience. But also, I I can't put too much of the blame on the coaches entirely when the general manager didn't stock the cornerback room enough to give them a chance to do what they want to do on defense if they saw Mm -hmm. some injuries. And then on the flip side, guys are just not making plays when they have the opportunity to do so. So I'm Mm -hmm. at liberty to give less blame to the coaching staff than maybe other Titans fans would want to do.
1: Oh, man. I mean, you are... (laughs) You just hit like every point with our offense, you yep. know, because Matt Nagy sits there in press conferences and and says bold face with a straight face. He doesn't think the problem uh, is the play calling mm-hmm. um, guys aren't making plays when they have opportunities where you know dropping balls holding penalties you know third and four we've got a false start so now we're looking at third and nine which is a completely different section Absolutely of the playbook the playbook yeah. yeah and like you said your gm didn't set up your team for success with the with the cornerback room our gm did not set our team up for success on the offensive line Room. We made zero offensive line moves or zero uh, impactful ones. We we signed two draft busts in Jermaine Afidi, a uh, mm-hmm. first rounder from the Seahawks, Jason Spriggs, a second rounder from the, the Packers. That was our new right guard and our new swing tackle, both of which who are on the COVID list right now. So I don't know who the hell is going to play right guard or right tackle for the Bears. if And Afidi might play on Sunday because he was someone who came in contact with someone who had covid rather than someone right. who actually has covid sprigs tested positive so i think he's out uh for sunday so we're going to be playing our a third third string right tackle which i fear might be rashad coward so your pass rush might not be an issue for you guys this week cuz rashad well, that coward that would be
0: a first for us for the pass oh. rush to not be an issue i can tell you now one thing i will say is the titans did get a ton of pressure on Joe Burrow last week, per pro football focus, the Bengals' offensive line graded their lowest performance in pass protection throughout the year with like a 41.8. So the Titans' defensive line did do a number on the Bengals' offensive line, but once again, they weren't able to make a play. Clowney missed a sack. Uh, Harold Landry missed a sack. The Titans' defense, cor- their cornerbacks who blitzed off the slot, missed multiple sacks on Joe Burrow. So the Titans' defense was getting there against a bad offensive line and simply just not making the plays. So if Foles is less mobile than Joe Burrow, Burrow did a good job being mobile in the pocket, navigating the pocket. That's one of his best strengths, anyway. He got Brady comparisons coming into the year because of his pocket presence and his ability to move around in there without scrambling. So uh, maybe uh, Nick Foles not having that same mobility and that same pocket presence uh, will help the Titans actually turn those pressures into sacks. But I can't be very optimistic after watching this team for the first half of the year. <laughs>
1: Uh, yeah but like you know like, a, like I was saying every, everything that you said about the the defense there with the the coach doesn't think it's the play calling mm-hmm. which translates into these guys aren't executing. Right. Um, you know we I mean it's what lost us the game on Sunday against the the, the, the Saints it, or contributed heavily I should say is that defense didn't make a play. We missed two interception opportunities in the overtime period. Mm-hmm. Alvin Kamara fumbled uh, in the overtime period. All of which stayed with the Saints. And then we had two other fumbles in the in regulation that stayed with the Saints as well. So that's five turnover opportunities that all were, you know, no harm, no foul for the Saints because the Bears did not take advantage of them. And, and that's and not
0: scheme. That's not roster. You're competition absolutely right. At the end of the day, that's the yeah. Jimmy's and the Joe's. Is that's a right. guy going to make a play? And, and the Titans have struggled with that as well.
1: So I mean these teams
0: are similar. I, that's that's what's so fascinating about this matchup is we like I said it's like it's like a um a, a mirror in a funhouse. You know, mm-hmm. our defense, your offense, both teams 5 and 2 or 5 and 2, 5 and 3 for the Bears I believe. Yeah. Uh solid records, but there is some concern, I guess, and some doubt about, you know, whether their records really show how good the team actually is I feel like that's kind of a, a lingering cloud Above both these teams oh, And for sure. opposite yeah. reasons For the offensive deficiencies with the Bears And then the defensive deficiencies for the Titans So it's like looking at your ugly cousin or something
1: <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, you're, you're absolutely right I mean, there's, I mean, even from week one um, The Bears should have lost week one If not for a rookie running back Dropping a touchdown pass uh, in the end zone It would have been the game winner With about six seconds to go uh, in the game he had it dead to rights It just f- literally just fell right out of his Hands it should well, have been a something. game winner
0: Last week the Titans had a great Opportunity to get within Three points of the Bengals in the Second half um, as I mentioned They uh, in the Steelers game AJ Brown took a 73 yard Slant to the house against man coverage The Titans ran the same exact play In the second half against the Bengals AJ Brown Was wide open over the middle with his cornerback One to two yards behind him And a safety coming up field that A.J. Brown had a great angle to go ahead and beat him around the corner and get downfield for a long touchdown, and he dropped the ball. And then now, instead of being second in, and now, instead of being first and 10 with a catch, now it goes from second to eight after an incompletion to a third and eight. The Titans give up a sack for 10 yards. Now they're at the 50 yard line. Now they're punting, and the entire drive is off course. The Bengals are still up 10, and they get the ball back. So, plays like that, that's not scheme. That's not roster. That's A.J. Brown dropped the dang ball. And now the Titans' offensive drive is totally thrown off So little stuff like that has, has really hurt the Titans And it sounds like little plays like that, just guys not stepping up and making the play Is what's hurting the Bears' offense as well
1: Yeah, and it's, it was especially you know, hurtful on Sunday Especially since those missed opportunities came from the better half uh, of our team It's like our defense failing to, to, to take advantage of the mistakes that our opponents uh, were making you know, to, to 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 miss out on five, all five of those turnover opportunities uh, were 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 cataclysmic uh, for the Bears. They kept the Saints alive, and the funny thing was, it was the defense for the Bears that kept this the that kept us in the game with the Saints. I mean, that's the only reason that we were still able to hang around in this ball game and have a chance at at pushing at forcing overtime. Uh, at the end was because our defense was locking it down and only giving up field goals instead of touchdowns. Uh, when the Saints were able to, you know, drive, it was a very bend but don't break kind of game uh, for the Bears. And the only thing that was missing from total success were those turnovers, and we missed five opportunities, three in the overtime period alone. I mean, it was mind-boggling and frustrating to even think about.
0: Yeah, and and, and I understand that uh, completely. The Titans have done similar things, like I said. A.J. A.J. Brown right there dropping that pass. Jadavian Clowney missing out on a sack. The Steelers fumbled twice during that game, and the Titans didn't recover either of them. Uh, the Titans missed a field goal, so that's another uh, just a person not making a play, not doing their job. So you, you can't have uh, issues with the roster, issues with the scheme, and then your guys not stepping up. Uh, one thing I do want to mention from the Bears' perspective, uh, one of the Titans' best players over the last four years has been Kevin Byard. They're all pro safety. Yeah. Um he's he's been phenomenal, quite frankly, throughout his entire career. He's having the worst year of his career this year. A linebacker for the Titans, pass coverage specialist, but also a three down linebacker, Jayon Brown. He's been as bad as I've ever seen him be in run defense this year and in pass coverage and filling those holes in the zone. So some of the Titans best players are having their worst performance. We've seen them have in a season where the Titans have the highest expectations that they have had over the last five years. So uh, I'm seeing uh, once again, the comparisons, the similarities between these teams just continue to grow as we continue to talk.
1: (laughs) And as we continue to talk, you know, seeing we got similar situations, I'm feeling better about our chances uh, with our even keel teams to uh, to come away with a victory uh, on Sunday. So, I mean, that's kind of the point of these conversations. You dig in deep with somebody who knows uh, the team uh, intimately and, you know, who's watched every play and seen every snap and, and knows where we 're vulnerable where you know where we 're strong and and you know that kind of thing, what loopholes our opponents can take advantage of, and uh, things like that and and that 's why I always enjoy these 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 conversations to you know as feeling as bad as I did with Derrick Henry and his reputation uh, for running the football, and not being able to get the image of Josh Norman flying thirty yards. Uh, into the end zone, uh, you know, off the stiff arm and everything, just imagining that being, you know, uh, Kyle Fuller or poor Jalen Johnson or something like that. We tried to get bold and tackle Derrick Henry, um, you know, feeling like we we might not get run completely off the field uh, on Sunday. We might actually have a shot to hang in this thing.
0: Yeah, yeah, and and I mean, based on everything that I've said and all of the the different weaknesses that the Titans have and the Bears' strengths, uh, I don't see why this won't be an incredibly close game with the teams battling it out late into the fourth quarter.
1: And that's the – that's honestly, that's kind of playing into the Bears' hands because for some reason, Mm -hmm. you know, this team can really stink it up for the first 45 minutes, and then they are the cream of the crop in the NFL in the final fifteen. You well, know, the Titans have
0: been getting off to very slow starts the past uh-huh. two weeks, especially on offense. Uh, the defense actually kind of held up their end of the bargain on the first couple drives for the Bengals. It was the Titans offense that didn't get going. So if the Titans come out starting slow again and the Bears uh, continue their trend of being a good closing team late in the game, that could really spell trouble for the Titans. And I, like I said, I think this game's going to be incredibly close and what I picked the Steelers to beat the Titans to uh, the chagrin of a lot of my listenership. But uh, the reality of the situation is here. A lot of games come down to which defense can get a stop at the end of the game. Yeah. Football is turning more and more into basketball, especially with the COVID limited offseason and everything. But just Mm -hmm. the trend of NFL football, less penalties, less defense. The scoring is up. Uh, It's just the same as with NBA basketball. And one thing that, that I noticed is in the NBA, it's all about who can get that one critical stop in the final two minutes. Well, the NFL is kind of turning into that which defense can get that one critical stop late in the game to turn the tide and allow their offense to get that last score. So in this game, just like in the Steelers game, although these teams are very similar, the Steelers defense is so much better than the Titans defense. And the Bears defense is so much better than the Titans defense that that has to lean towards the Steelers like it did and the Bears like it did and their ability to maybe get a stop against the Titans offense late in the game.
1: Yeah. The, the only thing that concerns me is that the Bears can't seem to find a balance in those final two minutes, whether it be the first half or the second, because it killed us in the first half against the Saints, they can't really seem to find that balance between playing the soft coverage, like, yeah, go ahead and, and take that five-yard uh, you know catch inbounds so the clock keeps running and blah, 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 and, and uh, also tightening up when the time is right because they played loose coverage last drive of the first half and turned a 13-3 to game into a 13-10 and halftime score. Uh, and it really kind of made that because in my analysis when I did my re- review show on Tuesday, it was that's where we lost the game it was right there. when We gave up that touchdown. That's where we lost the game because we shouldn't have. We just sat back on our heels, tried to keep the Saints in front of us. They made a few more plays than we could manage. The next thing you know, Jared Cook's wide open in the end zone. It's 13 to 10 at halftime instead of 13 to three or even, mm-hmm. you know, 13 to six. It makes all the difference in the world. And that's where I felt like the Bears uh, kind of blew their opportunity to uh, to shut the Saints down, actually,
0: and and it's a disappointing feeling, I'm sure, because oh, yeah. the Saints are considered a, a better team than yes. the Bears, whether mm-hmm. that, regardless of records and just the the football cognoscenti uh, considers the Saints better than the Bears. So when you feel like we had such a real opportunity to win that game and kind of change the narrative around this team and change the the feeling in the building about what this team could possibly accomplish. And especially for the Bears in, in the division with the Packers and the competitive NFC West that's going to take up a lot of wild card oh, yeah. spots. Like yeah. it's so critically important for the Bears to be able to maybe win some games that people don't expect them to win. And the Titans, like I said, they lost that game by three points against the Steelers despite playing terribly on third down. Uh, despite the fact that the Steelers were really efficient on offense. They forced turnovers. They still missed out on two fumbles. Uh, they missed a field goal to tie the game in overtime. They had a few critical errors on offense that prevented them from getting touchdowns early in the game. And it's just such a, a deflating feeling to know that you should have and had such a good opportunity to beat a team that's considered better than you and kind of flip the way the team is viewed and the way the season is going. But you squandered that opportunity because the players that you count on the most just weren't able to, to make plays when you expect them to make the plays. So that's why, once again, uh, both of these teams, like our seasons feel the same yeah. right now and, and the feeling around the team. So I, I think that whoever does find a way to win this game will use it as a booster to kind of right the ship and push towards a playoff spot. And the team that doesn't may start to kind of feel the the walls closing in on them a little bit, and that negative mentality could kind of seep in and, and ruin a season.
1: You're, you're absolutely right. And I, I completely uh, agree with you here because it's – this is the Bears' last chance to salvage this stretch because we had – you know, we went 5-1, and one. you know, isn't this great? We beat the uh, Carolina Panthers week number six. We're five and 5-1, look at us, alone atop the NFC briefly, yep. you know, after the, the Seahawks lost their first game. We were the number one seed in the NFC for a few days. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we lose that game to the Rams' worst performance of the season. Monday night football, we get trounced. By the Rams. We got the Rams, uh, you know, a a perennial playoff team. We got the Saints and then we got the tough Titans. This is a three game stretch that everyone was kind of dreading with the way we've been playing up to this point. We had no business winning that game against the Rams. You can't feel any worse. You can't feel bad about losing that game because a we just did not play well enough. I mean, on either side either so any phase offense special teams defense we That's were terrible that how I feel about game. the Bengals
0: game. The Titans yeah. didn't deserve it's way different than the Steelers game or the Saints game for the Bears yeah. where you had a real good chance to win yes, you felt like you exactly. were you felt like you could win. The Titans did not play well enough whatsoever to win that game against the Bengals. They didn't deserve to win that game and I would imagine that you and your listenership feel the same about the game against the Rams. They were just oh. outplayed thoroughly in all oh, three phases. From,
1: like from the beginning it just kind of was like oh this is not going to be our night. Right. Uh, right. kind of right. thing. I was and, at
0: that game too in Ohio. Oh, at the at Paul Brown Stadium and the wind was so piercing and uh, not to get too far into it, but I have a little bit of a skin problem um, where I, I don't react so well to strong winds and cold weather. Uh, okay. And man, not only was I suffering from the cold, but then watching that Tennessee Titans performance play out. Oh, God, it was it was just the <laughs> worst, man, it the absolute worst.
1: Yeah. I mean, it sucks when you when you finally get a chance to see I mean, especially for someone like you, you live outside the markets, so you only have so many opportunities to see them, And once every couple of years, they come to you. And here we are. I'm going to this game. I'm going to look and this is the game that you show up for.
0: Yeah, you not know, only it's... that, but the last time that the Titans played in Cincinnati, I was there as well when they had Jake the Hurt Locker at quarterback <laughs> and lost, I think it was 34-3, to and oh, I had a Bengals gosh. fan, didn't say a word to me the whole game, just five rows in front of me, and every time something good happened for the Bengals or something bad happened for the Titans, the dude would just turn around and flip me the double bird and then turn back around.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh... I'm never going to Cincinnati for a game again is basically what it comes down to. <laughs> I, I curse yeah. the team
1: yeah I, I I heard it's a real sweet place to hang out. It's Cincinnati.
0: <laughs> and I go to Indianapolis for the game against the Colts in Indianapolis every single year as well. and I could not speak hi- more highly. Of the Colts fans, they're cordial, oh, they're, they're friendly, great. they're polite. Absolutely. The stadium is very comfortable. There's not a bad seat in the house. Not and although all. I hate the Colts more than any other franchise <laughs> in the NFL, I simply can't hate their fans. But that kind of brings me into you were talking about a stretch. The Titans are in a similar spot after this. If the yeah, Titans- I was Houston's just looking at that. The Bears they go to five and three. If the, the Colts are going to be playing against the Lions this week, who probably won't have Matt Stafford due to COVID. So yeah. that looks like it should be a Colts win. The Colts would then go to 6-2. and two. If the Titans lose, not only in the last two weeks do they – drop from 5-1 and one to 5-3, and three. they lose their lead of the AFC South, and then they have to play the Colts, the Ravens, and the Colts again the next three games. If the Colts are a better team than the Titans, and at, in this scenario their record would be better, it would be fair to say maybe they're a better team, and the Titans happen to lose two of those three games, well now they're 6-4, and four. they've lost a game to the Colts, who are probably 8 and 3, 8 and 4 at this time and the season just feels really really different. So, like I said earlier from the Bears perspective and the Titans perspective, this is a major turning point game in how these seasons will play, play out for these two very similar teams.
1: Yeah, for the Bears it's their last shot at some kind of respectability as far mm-hmm. as like when people look at their record to think like, well, this is a 5 and 3 team that should probably be two and six right now with the way that they've been playing somehow they miraculously keep winning, uh, football games. Uh, they keep getting, um, you know, um, underappreciated as far as like the games that they've won instead of getting credit for the fourth quarter comebacks and things like that. It's more like the lions blew it. The Falcons blew it, blew it. Uh, The referees screwed the Buccaneers in that Thursday game. That's why the bears were able to hang around and win it at the end. And you know, same thing with, uh, you know, Carolina didn't have McCaffrey or, you know, this, that, or the other, there was always some kind of excuse as far as, as opposed to the bears winning the game. There's a reason why their opponents lost it. Uh, and and that kind of thing and after getting trounced you know looking ahead at this three-game stretch you got the Rams the Saints and the Titans it's like well we're going to find out who the Bears are in these three games because these are three really good football teams and this is the Bears last shot at being able to have a good win heading into the the second half of our schedule where it's five division games and the remainder of the AFC South we have you guys this week um, we have the Jaguars and the Texans, I think, Woo! like, in the last month of win. the season. <laughs> yes, it is.
0: I hate Jacksonville, man. I mean, not in, like... Like I don't want anything bad to happen to their players or their team or anything. It's all good natured sports hate. Right. You know? Of course. But man, when the Jags fan when the Jags won that first game against the Colts in lucky fashion, anyways. Uh looking back on it, it's obvious how lucky they were to win that game when they were thoroughly outplayed by the Colts. But when they won that game, the Jags fan base was coming after me on Twitter, you know, blah blah blah. <laughs> Had this to say, that to say, and I, I can't lie, I-, I I smile um pretty widely. Every time I see the Jacksonville Jaguars lose, I love it.
1: Yeah, you you kind of if, especially after something like that, you do kind of revel in the fact that they were 1 and 0 and like look at this, they beat the Colts. Yeah. The Colts are supposed to be a decent football team and then they rattle right. off seven straight losses after that. But like, wow. Yeah, how about that yeah, week one victory? Yeah, you could find victory, a way to guys? bottle
0: that. I would yeah. drink it every day. <laughs>
1: <laughs> nice, nice. Um one last thing I wanted to ask you about. You mentioned special teams and Goskowski, how much patience are you guys going to have with the future Hall of Famer? I mean, is, is his reputation the reason he still has a job? Because he's missed some pretty c- critical kicks for you guys this year.
0: Well, I, I, w- I would do this. This is a very divisive topic in the Titans fan base. The Titans made a bunch of cuts this week, and a lot of people were opining for uh, Goskowski to be cut as well. But this is what I will say. I'll mix in where what I think the organization is thinking. And what I think. So the Titans paid Goskowski $2 million. That's a pretty big investment in a kicker, even if it's just a one-year deal. So they paid him a good amount of money. He has been one of the best kickers in NFL history. And although he has missed some kicks, the first three games of the season, he made the game-winning field goal for the Titans Nice to win the game. So although he has missed some kicks in big spots, like the one against the Steelers to go into overtime, um, He's made some big kicks, too. And here's the other aspect of it. So the organization is thinking, hey, we paid him a lot of money. Hey, you know, he's been one of the best kickers ever. Maybe he'll get it back on track. He's not missing by a wide margin on his kicks. He's not just completely off the mark. His kicks are going straight, and then they're just fading at the very, very end. I don't know if anybody... I'm sure some people that you listen to play golf. It's like when you hit a really good drive, it's going straight, and at the last second it kind of just starts to hook a little bit. No, it's not a terrible drive. It didn't slice all the way to the right and out of bounds. But you thought you had it straight, and at the last moment it just kind of bowed on you. That's what's happening to Goskowski with his kicks is they're just fading right just a little bit. And in my opinion, from my perspective, this is something I preach on my show, Locked on Titans. And I make an example to dating. So I'm a single man (laughs) in my 30s. I know a lot about dating. Uh, So if you decide that you're going to – it's like Jerry Seinfeld, uh, maybe showing my age here if you have a younger listening audience. But uh, I love Seinfeld, my favorite sitcom of all time, and Seinfeld is uh, notorious for finding little issues wrong with the woman that he's dating and using that as a reason to stop dating her. Oh, she's got a big toe. Oh, she says this word weird. Oh, she uh, likes this kind of food and it creeps Jerry out and he just can't do it and he's got to get out. Well, in my opinion, the Titans were kind of doing that with kickers last year. Now, the kickers deserved it, but the Titans went through Ryan Suckup, Cody Parkey, Cairo Santos, Greg Joseph. Uh, Shoot, I, I can't even remember the fifth kicker that was on the roster during the season last year because of how many they went through. What's at some point in time, young man, you got to settle down. Right. Young woman, you got to settle down. You can't just date after date after date in different people, or you're going to find yourself in a worse position afterwards than if you would have just settled down with the one you like the most. Right. So Mike Vrabel has a relationship with Goskowski from their days together with the Patriots. Yeah, We paid him $2 million. He hit game-winning kicks in the first three games of the season. He has been one of the best kickers in NFL history. Who is to say that we cut him, we go try out somebody else, we bring them up? Who's to say they're any better? And now we wasted $2 million in in cap money. Uh, We don't have someone who's been through the the rigors of an NFL season. We most likely got a young guy or someone else who's been washed out. I just don't see a better option out there for the Titans. I don't like the grass is greener approach just because he's missing kicks. We got to replace him at the end of the day, young man, young woman, you got to quit dating and you got to settle down. And I think the right move for the Titans, which was echoed by general manager, John Robinson today is we are going to stay confident in Goskowski. Now, of course there's a line, if he comes out and he's completely shanking kicks, he goes 0-3 against the Bears or something like that, then yeah, a move will have to be made. This isn't a, a complete uh, you know, get-out-of-jail-free card for Goskowski for the rest of the season. But right now, based on what I've seen and based on what I'm getting from the organization, I think they just want to stay confident in him, ride him out, and try to let him kind of fix things rather than going back to the well and trying to get a brand-new kicker and cycling through a bunch of different options like they did with kicker last year because they did that last year. And it didn't work either. So I do want to say one thing, though. Uh, Cairo Santos and Ryan Suckup are, like, combined to be, like, 89% accurate. Ryan Suckup (laughs) has been the second-best kicker in the NFL in terms of total points scored. He just won Special Teams Player of the Month for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So I think the Titans maybe are just cursed at the kicker position. And as soon as guys leave, they go back to being good. And as soon as they show up, they start to suck again.
1: Well, you know, I think we just – Cairo Santos is kind of ending – our curse, uh, because we cut Robbie Gould uh, in the mm-hmm. preseason for 2016. And as much as Bear fans, you know, talk about like, well, we shouldn't have done it. We shouldn't have let him go. You guys, they have the, that whole revisionist history thing where they forget that he missed like, you know, three or four game winners in 2015. Granted, we yeah. were a terrible football team in 2015, but there would have been a huge difference between five and 11 and like eight and eight. In, in 2015, if he'd have made some of the kicks that he missed, and then he came back in, I think was 2015 or 2016, the first year with a 35-yard extra point, was it? Because uh, I think it was 2016. Yeah, because, I believe
0: it was 2016 as well. Yeah,
1: because he missed like every extra point except for like one in the preseason. So he just like picked up where he left off mm-hmm. in 2015, and it just looks like you know, it was more of a. Change of scenery thing. He'd been in Chicago for a thousand years. At that point, sometimes time for him to move on. And he's been fantastic. He was okay for the for the Giants. He signed with them that season, and then he found his new home in San Francisco. Mm -hmm. And he's Mm -hmm. been, you know, Pro Bowl level again with with them. And here we are, you know, with the goofs that we've had kicking field goals for us the last few years. And Cairo Santos was brought in as a as a as an extra uh, camp leg because Eddie Pinero... Our kicker right. from last year had hamstring issues in preseason. and He got placed Eddie, on IR pretty yeah, early, right? He's been on IR the entire season, <laughs> yeah. and Cairo Santos is, has kicked a couple of game winners. He kicked a 51-yarder into the wind against the Saints on Sunday, and it's like, Eddie, who? Who's that? Like, I yeah, think we found our kicker, man. I think we're okay uh, with Eddie Pinero for now, so I think we're going to stick with with Cairo Santos and Well and, lucky you cuz Santos
0: yeah. was a bum last year for us and as Man. soon as he leaves Tennessee all of a sudden he's got magic toes again. It's unbelievable.
1: <laughs> I think he's just healthy again, you know, cuz wasn't he like an amazing kicker for the Chiefs or something like that when he started his career? He's an you know, Pro Bowl level kicker, he's one of the best and then he had like one of those terrible like uh, muscle off the bone groin groin tears or something and he's been trying to recover from it all these you know these past few years. Well that and, and may I, be the
0: case but I also think that any kicker that played for the Titans should start the season on the injury report with <laughs> kick the football in Nashville questionable.
1: Nice. Nice. <laughs> so, but yeah man, it's it's just uh it's amazing what we've gotten out of Cairo Santos when basically we've all been waiting to find out what's going on with Eddie Pinero. and 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 it, it kind I guess maybe it's also kind of you know, the left hand doesn't know what the right one's doing. Like, while we're trying to figure out what the hell's going on with Eddie Pinero, Cairo Santos is cementing himself as the kicker uh, of the Chicago Bears. So, like, I guess we're not thinking about it anymore, and that's why we're having success with the kicker position as opposed to being such a glaring need for the Bears for, like, the past five seasons. Now Now we don't really care about the kicker position, and it's one of the most successful parts of our team right now. Well,
0: one so. last note on special teams before uh, you know we get out of here. One thing that I do want to say is the Bears, I have throughout throughout this episode given you a lot of optimism from a special teams perspective. The Titans this week cut their long snapper, Bo Brinkley, that's it been with the team for eight seasons mm. because he has been really off the mark the last few weeks. And he had such a bad snap on a PAT on the Titans' last touchdown in the fourth quarter against the Bengals that they didn't even get the kickoff Our holder, which is our punter, Brett Kern, got smacked by a Bengals defender. And now our all-pro punter, Brett Kern, who was the best punter in the AFC last year, is going to be out for multiple weeks. So the Titans are going to have a backup punter. They're going to have a shaky kicker, and they're going to have a brand new long snapper on special teams. So if the Bears are going to win this game in a couple of different phases, if they can win on defense and win on special teams, it should be able to mask the problems that they have on offense because the Titans' defense isn't very good, and then all those things can coalesce to a possible Chicago Bears victory.
1: Awesome. I like it. That's a perfect word. perfect place to end. Let's get the hell out of here, Tyler, before we start talking ourselves into a different direction. Um, Tell us where we can uh, keep up with you online and then catch a show. Sure. So
0: uh, I am the host of Locked on Titans. Uh, You can find that on any streaming platform that that you can find any podcast. Quite frankly, I know this is a a Bears program, but I will be doing my lock or my crossover Thursday conversation will drop on Thursday morning before this game with Lauren Cox from Locked on Bears. So some good good information. For Bears fans that they yeah. can take from that Friday will be my football Friday game preview I go over keys to the game player matchups to watch uh, those things would be interesting for a Bears fan to listen to thinking from because what I do is I'm scouting the Bears currently I'm in the process of watching tape and I devise a plan on front for, for my Friday show that basically goes over what I think the Titans will do schematically on offense and defense to try to attack the Bears and win the game so from a Bears perspective it may be interesting to hear my analysis of how the Titans should attack the Bears It lets you learn more about the Bears let you learn about what the Titans may be trying to do and pointing out some of those things throughout the game and then also uh, I'm just so incredibly entertaining that you could be a fan of any team and just enjoy every word that I say.
1: absolutely and you know what I'm exactly the same way Uh, how could you not love me you know I'm just saying not to mention I've got a sweet voice who doesn't love the sound of this beautiful baritone coming at you right now. So Yeah, I'll give you, you know. a little
0: more uh, a little more credit on the voice. Mine can be a little <laughs> uh, a little nasally at times, but you know, it's about the words of saying not the tone that they're coming out in. Well, hey man, it's <laughs>
1: it's like you mentioned before, it's the passion and that's what I I'm, I'm getting from you, that's what my listeners get from me. I think that's why we have listeners, people yes. that keep coming back is like maybe sometimes they don't agree, maybe they don't like what we have to say, but they love how we say it and that we that it's coming directly from us as opposed to us regurgitating something we heard from somebody else. Yeah, I think
0: ultimately at the end of the day, people want the person that they follow – to care as much as they do.
1: Absolutely. You know, you don't want to feel
0: like you're listening to somebody who doesn't really give a crap about what they're saying or about the team that they're covering. People that listen to my show like that I care just as much about the Tennessee Titans football team as they do and we have that in common and we can get through any other differences because we both know that we care about the team and what they're doing and and, and want to follow it as closely as possible and I can tell from your analysis your, your information about the Bears and then your overall energy during the call that that that's the type of product that you're providing to your listeners as well. And I've had such a great time talking about this yeah, game in a long form opportunity. I am very grateful that you asked me to do this and hopefully um, you know, more recently than four years from now, we can do this again.
1: <laughs> Absolutely, man. I look forward to it. Um, I said this as for something very similar to Ross Jackson next week, I'm going to have to invent a reason to have you on the show uh, again. Cause like, you know, that's the, the thing that sucks about the, our AFC opponents is that unless we see him in the Super Bowl, right. we're not going to see him again for another four years. Mm-hmm. And some of my AFC guests have been some of the more fun people and my favorite guests that I've had on the show. So we'll absolutely have to invent a reason to have you on again. Hey, maybe um, in the offseason the
0: we can do a, a little five- to ten-minute report on either of our teams and then maybe talk some general football.
1: Hey, that works for me. Absolutely. Sounds good. We'll, we'll pencil that in. Tyler, Tyler Rowland, thanks so much uh, for coming on the show, man. We'll see you again real soon.
0: Yeah, not a problem. And one thing I didn't mention, if uh, any of your followers want to follow me on Twitter, at Tic Tac Titans, Tic Tac Titans. Yeah, I think I'm very clever. Uh, Also, my name's Tyler. So, you know, just I love tees, love the alliteration. But yeah, they can find me there. I post a lot of film breakdowns. I'll be posting film breakdowns next week about this game so that's another way that bears fans can maybe get a little bit more knowledge about their team even though it's through a titan's lens so yeah that's that's where you can find me just wanted to put that out there one more time too but again thank you so much for having me on and uh, i really enjoyed this conversation and hopefully we get an excellent football game to watch this weekend
1: above all else that's what i pray for you know win loser draw let's just hope it's a good 60 minutes of football absolutely Once again, I want to thank my guest Tyler Rowland from Locked On Titans for being on the show, being my guest this week. Had a hell of a time uh, talking to him, and and you know we touched upon it. Um, we you know and we talked about it after the show and before the show. Uh, quite frankly, we just it, it's one of the reasons that I love doing the podcast. It's it's really something for someone who is so nervous about having guests on the show for the first time. My, my first year doing it back in 2015 it's people like Tyler that make me regret not doing it sooner you know honestly it, it's been a pleasure uh meeting all of these guys and gals and and having them uh, on the show and and um, you know a lot of them are not bear fans uh, almost all of them are not bear fans actually uh, but we have this this kinship this bond that is either the the shared passion for our teams or or just our overall love of football and, you know, the the team uh, aspect and everything like that. You, you bond with somebody that you have almost nothing else in common with. It's, it's a really great thing, and I'm very happy uh, to have that. And uh, I guess I'm just in a good mood today. And, uh, you know, it was an awesome conversation. Look forward to, uh, like I said, about Ross Jackson last week, creating or inventing a reason to have him on the show. Because, unfortunately, he is an AFC guest, which means... You know, we don't have the luxury of, you know, finishing in the same places the Tennessee Titans and them being a same place opponent uh, next season. Unless we see each other in the Super Bowl, we won't see the Titans again until 2024. So, yeah, we're going to have to invent a reason to have Tyler on the show uh, again at some point and as often as humanly possible. So maybe we'll discover that he's an expert or something like that. You heard him talking about analytics, so maybe he can be our analytics guy or something. Who knows? I, I really can't wrap my head around some of that stuff. It's uh, it's a little more reading than I like to do, to be honest with you. Uh, I'm very good with math. I'm good with numbers. Those kind of things stick out in my head. Ask anybody. I was like a carnival act at my high school reunion a few years back because I could still remember everyone's birthday. You know, I made some husbands look really bad with some of my, my old girlfriends from high school <laughs> being able to remember their birthday. As I remember one in particular um uh she she i i told her what her birthday was and her husband i could see him over his shoulder saying no that's not it and she's like oh my god you're right (laughs) i know i'm right it's a disease i don't know why i brought that up i just did but um anyway had a great conversation with tyler look forward to having him on the show again in the future follow him online at tic tac titans like you said on twitter or um listen to his shows uh this week he's having our good friend lauren cox on the show for their crossover episode today on Thursday. So that should be out right now. Go ahead and dig that and uh, maybe catch his show on Friday. Listen to his analysis and uh, his, um, you know, lead up show, as he called it, uh, to get ready for Bears Titans uh, on Sunday. And I will be back tomorrow as well uh, on Friday with my deep dive uh, preview episode. I don't think I'll get into the X's and O's. Uh, as deep as our analytical friend Tyler would, but uh, give you my, my, my thoughts and my two cents on uh, what the Bears need to do in order to come away with a victory against the Titans, or more importantly, what they need to not do on Sunday uh, to, uh, to succeed uh, against the Titans. I feel like Tyler has opened a big window uh, for us as Bear fans to have some hope in this football game. And like I was saying during the, during the interview, This is the Bears' last shot at uh, beating a team that people have respect for. I mean, not that the Vikings didn't earn a big, you know, nod of respect by handing it to the Packers in Lambeau uh, last Sunday, but they're also a 2-5 and football team. They'll be coming into Soldier Field on Monday night in a place where they historically lose every single time. So, uh, you know, the Bears will probably be favored for the first time in a long time when we play the Vikings uh, next Monday – but uh, for this one, we're definitely not favored. I think we're six-and-a-half-point underdogs uh, against the Titans. And uh, the Titans are struggling just like we are. And it sounds like, you know, we kept going back and forth using the term mirror uh, and everything. The Titans are another one of those teams where they got off to a, to a good start, a fast start, but they're a lot of one-score games, a lot of, you know, just getting barely by uh, their opponent. They've just done it in more impressive fashion because – you know, their offense is the one racking up the points and you know the defense is making just enough plays for them to uh, win for the Bears it's the other way around. It's our defense that's soaking up all the highlights and our offense that are scoring just enough points to get us a victory. So um, you know also I don't think that uh, our level of incompetence at times on offense mirrors the level of incompetence on defense. Uh, For the Titans, I I don't think that I don't really haven't heard much about how bad the defense is for the Titans, as much as I've heard how horrible our offense is in Chicago. So, um, you know, while there are some definite similarities, and you heard me talking about you know, the the defensive play caller slash offensive play caller for us doesn't think it's the play calling. Uh, the GM didn't set us f- up for success in the offensive line room. We have a few injuries, and we are as screwed as we can possibly be on the offensive line. Like, I have no idea if we're going to be starting a seventh-round pick as our starting right tackle this week or if he's going to be our swing tackle bes- behind Rashad Coward. Like, remember that, can, that configuration when Jason Spriggs went down with the injury right before halftime uh, in the football game. Coward moved to right tackle, and that's what got Alex Bars on the field. I'm guessing that's going to be some, somewhat of, this, of what we're looking at with our offensive line this week, and that's if we figure out who the hell our center is going to be because not only is Cody Whitehair still down, or as far as I know, and Sam Mustafar is injured as well. Don't know how long he's going to be out or if he's going to miss any time or if he's just banged up. I don't know what the hell the situation is with the offensive line Uh, for the Bears and what we're going to put on the field on Sunday but um, hopefully we'll stick to Tyler's advice and the short quick passes get the ball out quick and uh, you know sprinkle in some runs here and there and see if that can't get us enough of the way to uh, victory on Sunday but we'll talk more about that tomorrow on the deep dive and uh, dig into keys to the game and what the Bears need to do or don't do uh, on Sunday to uh, to finally get a win in this tough stretch uh, before we start playing some division games, we got the we got the um, we got the Vikings next week. we got the Packers after that. We got another game with the Lions and then another game with the Vikings and the Packers as well before we sprinkle in the Texans and the Jaguars uh, here. So we got some very, very important games coming up after this one. You know, this is the tough stretch, but we still have a lot of tough football uh, left to be played. So um, come on back tomorrow for the deep dive preview and um, we'll get you ready for Bears-Titans on Sunday. So until then, my name is Larry D, and this has been the Bears Talk Underground.